Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Happy December 15th. You're halfway through the, the, the last month of the year. Merry Christmas. Yep, there it is again. I, I mean, can I not do it? I'm just saying. It, it's kind of the season. Are you going to do it on January 1st? You're going to do it on January 1st, aren't you? Just to be ironic. No, no, not January 1st. You're going to be like, well, I can do it because it's Christmas is going to happen in 364 days. No, whatever, however many days that is. No, I don't, I don't think I would. Okay. Hey, 12 McDonald's, days of Christmas, though. McDonald's launches a new spinoff called Cosmics. I've seen this. And they're testing it in the DFW market. You going to go? Uh, I probably will, just out of curiosity. Yeah. I don't have high hopes. Well, I, I don't know, man. McDonald's has done pretty well. Yeah, but it seems like, dude, why would you why would you do this? I feel like this is the, the movie that makes the sequel that nobody wanted. I, I don't know, man. I am really intrigued. Everybody's happy with the original, and then they make a sequel, and you're like, why did, what, what? Well, sometimes the sequel is not only quite good, but arguably better than the first, and it continues to get good. I mean, there's some series, the, I think, uh, Home Alone 1, 2, and 3, right? I don't know. Wait, what was the third one? Home Alone 1 and 2 at least. Second one was maybe as good, if not better than the first one. Yeah, but I feel like it was still within the, the it wasn't 50, 60 years later that they were like, oh, let's make a sequel. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> McDonald's has been in existence for how long? Doing the same thing for how long? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know what the approach is, but I do know it's their constant innovation that keeps them fresh and exciting. Innovation? Like that McRib, the fish fillet. Oh, not the fish fillet. That's gross. The McRib. I mean, that's, that's, that's a modern classic. Did you know that that one point in time, McDonald's actually made pizza? The McPizza? That didn't do very well. The McZa? Uh, Mixa? What is that? Mix pizza? I don't well, know. When I, was, when I worked at McDonald's things. many years ago, they... Did you work at McDonald's? I did. Did you really? I did for, I don't know, two, maybe three years of my high school career. Wow. Yeah. Brand new information. Learning on the fly. I was so good at the drive-thru. If you went to my McDonald's, I would have you in and out in no time. I crushed the drive-thru. Yeah, I see what you did there. I would have you in and out? No, that was an intention. I did try. <laughs> so I applied for in and out and they, they, they overlooked me. They... <laughs> They did not predestine me to work at their institution. I, I'm looking at it like I'm looking at McDonald's official website and it says McDonald's welcomes cosmics to its universe. I'm looking at the offerings they're going to have. I feel like none of this could all of this could be offered. Some of it is at the regular McDonald's locations. I don't know, man. All I know is I'm going. They're going to have a creamy avocado tomatillo sandwich. Oh, that sounds amazing. They're having a spicy queso sandwich. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. They're going to offer pretzel bites. Uh, okay. Uh, McPops, which look like cream-filled donuts. Oh, like a beignet? Uh, I guess. I love beignets, man. They're going to have different drinks like the popping pear slush. I, Dude, give me this place now. Take my money. Blackberry mint green tea. Island pick-me-up punch. Oh. Berry hibiscus sour aid. It looks like they okay, want to be. Are these alcoholic? Sonic Maybe I take it back. Combined. They're going to have a turmeric spiced latte. Oh. Yeah, those are actually growing in popularity. Those, those are good. Churro frappe. Would you drink a churro frappe? I Yes, I would. Okay. Yes, I would. On my cheat but day. Just on Mondays. Yeah, <laughs> on my yeah. cheat day. Not on, not on any other day. Yeah. But that sounds amazing. I'm in, dude. It says Cosmics blazes its own path with a uniquely seamless digital and drive-through experience. Okay, that's not new. 
guests are invited to take a break from earthly stressors. Earthly stressors, because it's cosmic. It says, yeah. That's funny. I and, see what they did. And use the dynamic menu boards oh. and cashless payment devices dynamic. to breeze through the ordering and payment <sighs> process. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go, y'all. Look forward to Cosmics coming your way. Pastor PG soon. would love a gift card to Cosmics. Hey, I, he cannot wait. I'll go. Don't get me wrong. I'll go. I just don't. He's not gonna get like it. it. I, just, <laughs> I just don't get it. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I don't know. It's like car manufacturers that make more than one car. You know, same umbrella, but they make multiple vehicles, different brand of vehicles. That is. Yes, but all within the proximity. GM isn't like sixty years down the road being like, you know what? We're gonna make a hovercraft. Okay. Okay. I mean, if that's how you feel, bro, I don't know if I'm going to let you spend the gift card that people buy you. <laughs> I'm going to have to confiscate it and not let you enjoy. Com- confiscate? Confis- confiscate it. Confiscate. Yeah. <sighs> Cosmic. It's been a long day. How? I'm, I'm flummoxed. <laughs> I'm vexed. I'm terribly vexed. Okay. This vexes me. Sorry to hear that. All right. Well, hey, let's move on and uh, talk about things less confusing. And, uh, or that's, confiscating. That's the Bible. Well, I don't know, man. Less confusing. Sometimes the Bible is is quite confusing. At times. At times. Hey, we're in Amos. Amos 4, 5, and 6. And remember, uh, this is written during a relative period of peace within the uh, realm of, of the northern and southern kingdoms there, but it is written to warn them about the dangers and the consequences of sin coming. Hey, how, when's the last time, Pastor Rod, that you referred to a woman the way that Amos refers to the women in chapter 4, verse 1? Dude, only God can get away with this. <laughs> only God. Man. I put that in my Bible. Like, don't do not do this, Rod. Just, yeah. Uh, let God do it. Uh, any of you young men listening who might be single, uh, it's it's not wise to call your wife or future girlfriend or anything else a cow of Bashan. Well, to be fair, I don't think God's using it that way either. This is not a compliment. He's not saying, hey, you're plump and juicy. This is a, <laughs> <laughs> he's saying something very bad. We're not talking about cosmics anymore, man. No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, the cows of Bashan. This is, uh, he's addressing the women of Samaria who were... Again, Samaria, representative of the Northern Kingdom there. These are entitled women. These are, are women living in the lap of luxury. And uh, this, yeah, you're right. This is not a compliment here. Um, we get some sarcasm in chapter four from the, uh, the prophet, from God. In verses four through five, when he says, come to Bethel and transgress. Come on, come on down. Multiply your transgressions. What, why not? Let's go. It's, it's, it's that it's psych- sarcasm that he's using for effect and yeah, impact. For so there. you love to do. Yeah. That's yeah. That's it's please don't see that as God encouraging sin. That's no. certainly not happening here. No, he's, he's definitely, he's calling them out on that. Um, and then he, he gets down to the, uh, the, the next verse, verse six in following here. Um, when he's saying, look, you, you said, return you would return to me and yet you did not return to me i look at verse six i gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities what does that mean it's a dentist reference it is it's absolutely if you're a dentist and you're listening then here you are in the bible no it's uh emptiness of teeth is is the idea there in other words you had no food and i gave you lack of bread in all your places so even in spite of my discipline in your life you didn't return to me is what he's saying there and that's the theme that repeats itself look at verse 6 verse 8 verse 9 verse 10 yet you did not return to me you did not return to me verse 11 you did not return to me and so here's 12 calling them out is it in verse 12 sorry therefore that's right i circled the therefore in the verse 12 there are five there are five you will not return to me right 
And then he says in verse 12, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. That's scary. Yeah, it is. Uh, that gave me a little shiver when I read that. I'm like, oh, because yeah. he, he escalates. It's like, ah, you, and yet you did not return. Yet you did not return. Yet you did not return. Therefore, prepare to meet your maker. I was, uh, I was moved by that. It's like the scene in Princess Bride where he's like, prepare to die. Prepare to die. Right. My name is Inigo Matoya. Yeah. To kill my father. Are you a big Princess Bride fan? No, I, I like it. Yeah. But the cult classic thing, I, I, I don't know if I get it. I, I, I get it because there's certain movies that I like that are cult classics, but this is one where I'm like, I, I like it, but I, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. How I'm about with you? you. It doesn't, it doesn't like, move the needle. Yeah. Like if it's on TV, I'm not going to stop and watch it, but if somebody is watching it and I happen to be there, I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I can get down. Yeah. There's some funny lines in it. Like that word doesn't mean what you, I don't think that word means what you think. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Those are good lines. Like that's good. But Andre the Giant, classic. I like yeah. him too. And then when he's falling down the mountain yelling, as you wish, yeah. and he's tumbling down. Yeah. Well, now that everybody's quoting that, um, God says, prepare, prepare to meet your God. Prepare to meet your God. Oh, Israel. Um, and it's his, uh, his call to judgment. Chapter five, then, is the solution. Okay. Prepare to meet your God. Okay. What, what, what do we want to do if, if we don't want to make that appointment? How can we avoid that? Seek the Lord, as the, the title of the ESV says, seek the Lord and live. Verse 4, uh, seek me and live. Verse 6, seek me and live. Verse 14, seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so just as it was repeated over and over again, yet you did not return to me, in chapter 5, the different refrain here shows up over and over again, which is seek the Lord and you will live. So this is just another way to say repent, right? This is Exactly. He's saying, please stop doing what you're doing. And then he's going to continue some of the accusations he's by, by his correction. This is the latter half of verse, uh, chapter five, where you get that famous passage about letting justice roll down like like a waterfall or what have you. The idea here is to repent, cease your in- oppression, cease your injustice, cease doing evil and do good. That's That was the call. And that's what Amos is getting at here. Now I've heard... Uh, I've heard a, a famous pastor preach out of Amos chapter five, Pastor PJ, and he says that one of the things that he sees here in this particular instance is that there's social injustice, and that God is calling for social justice. Is is that what's is that what's happening here? And maybe you can clarify between social justice as some people define it versus maybe what the scriptures talk about. Do you see that here? And if so, how and what should we think about it? Um. I, I don't see this as a call to social justice. Uh, I do think justice to those that are oppressed, needy, uh, vulnerable is a natural byproduct of what it looks like to, to seek the Lord. Um, it's similar to when Jesus is asked that question to come back to something that we've talked to recently. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. When we love God with everything that we are, it's going to naturally overflow to a love for our fellow human beings that we are around, which is going to produce in us a care and a concern for those that are vulnerable among us and the, the needy, the oppressed, so forth and so on. So is, should we care about justice being done biblically to find justice, right? We need to be careful about that because the, the social justice movement that's out there today, as it's termed, not all the justice that they're after is biblical justice. They're after equality. They're after equity. They're after these things that were not promised or guaranteed, nor are we commanded to seek in the pages of scripture. But things like caring for the orphan, caring for the widow, caring for the needy, 
um, making sure that we are not oppressing someone else through sinful means. Uh, those are things that should be natural byproducts of our love for the Lord. And I think that's what we see here is our, the, 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 the call for Israel to return. Some of the evidence will, of that will be they will begin to undo some of the wrongs that they were doing because their love for the Lord will overflow into how they treat their, their fellow human beings. So there is a kind of social justice that we do seek after. It's just not going to be defined, again, as we see this all over the place. It's not as the world defines it. We, we do the same thing with the concept of love. The world has a very clear definition of love and that means kind of whatever you want it to mean. But biblically speaking, it's going to look different. It should be different because it's from God and it's through his word. So that's helpful clarification. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. By the way, end of verse 15, he says, he will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Uh, that may stand out to you. You may have thought about, okay, I've, I've, he's been talking about Israel. He's been talking about Judah. He's talked about Ephraim. Here's Joseph. Why Joseph? Well, Joseph was the father of Ephraim and Ephraim was one of the leading tribes of the Northern Kingdom. And so in referencing the remnant of Joseph, he's really still talking about the, the northern tribes of Israel there. But that's why he references Joseph there in verse 15. Yeah, some repeated themes here that we've seen other times in, uh, in the Old Testament with the, the, uh, the Lord's loathing, for lack of a better term. I th- that's what it really is. I hate these things of the, the external obedience when the heart is not in it. The, the whole idea, you, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. It's that notion here. God is calling them back to true, genuine relationship with him. Because in chapter 6, comfort, as we find here, has bred complacency. And that's, again, the situation that we find. There's general peace during this season. And he says, woe to those at ease in Zion. Woe to those who feel secure on the mountains of of Samaria. So this is both a a northern kingdom problem and a southern kingdom problem. He says, are, are, you, are you better off? Consider these other nations. He references uh, Kalne in, in verse 2. We're not exactly sure who that is, uh, but when we get to Hamath, that's a reference to Syria. Gath, certainly a reference to Philistia. And he's saying, consider what God's already done in judgment to these nations. Are you? Do you think you're any better off than they are? Do you presume that just because of your, your history and your background that you can live however you want because God will take care of you? He goes on with uh, his woes, woe to those who lie in beds of ivory and so forth and so on. And some of these things you go, okay, is this bad? Like he, com- he compares them to David, David inventing an instrument. And is, is that a, a bad thing? He's talking about drinking wine. Later in the book of Amos, he's going to talk about a season where he's, the mountains are going to drip with wine. So what's, why is this wrong? Well, it's wrong because of verse 8. Verse 8 is the ultimate indictment against everyone there. They're doing all this from a heart of pride. I abhor, I detest, I loathe, I hate the pride of Jacob and hate his strongholds, the things that he trusts in. I will deliver up the city and all that's in it. So it's not so much that their problem is these things that are being described. The problem is the heart behind what they're doing there. Yeah, and it seems like their opulence, their extravagance is one of the things that kept them from seeing what was in front of their face. In verse 6, he says, look, you guys are drinking, you're anointing yourselves, but you're not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. I've just given you this incredible prophecy about what's to come, and yet we're unmoved by that. You're you're still drinking, you're still having a great time, and pretending as though everything was fine when things are not fine. I think it is important for us to see what God expects of us. I mean, if God were to write a letter to America, as we've joked in the last podcast or the one before, it wouldn't be a pretty thing. It would likely say a lot of things that are hard for us to hear. And I think there's something to owning the fact that we're part of a culture that is, I mean, we're distracted and we're, we're wasteful. And I mean, we just, we just, we probably lack a lot of the things that God would want from a people. And so I think it's appropriate for us to lament and mourn for these things and to recognize unless God does something in our nation, in our country, in our state, 
man, the path forward is not going to be a good one. God cannot be mocked. There will be retribution and justice. There will be discipline. And that's something that we should feel, not only for ourselves, and probably maybe not even individually, but certainly a sense of corporate solidarity with America and with our state as a whole. So you should care about those things. You should feel that, that weightiness of God's impending judgment, lest something change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that encouraging note, <laughs> no, that's true. And it, that is a helpful message for us. Revelation chapter six, let's get into some of God's judgment. Uh, not temporal, but eternal judgment here as we get into these sealed judgments. And now we're into, we're waiting into the time of the tribulation. And so you'll notice there as, as these seals open, the seals, uh, not all of them, but some of them are associated with these horses. So let's talk about that for a second. The first seal is open, verse six, or chapter six, verse one. Now remember, this was a scroll. Nobody was found worthy to open the, the seals except for Jesus. Jesus, the one like standing as the, the lamb that had been slain, he's the one that's worthy to open the seals. So as it says, when the lamb opened, this is Jesus unleashing these judgments that are taking place here. And so the first one is this horse that comes, a, a white horse. This is representative of, of peace, that there's going to be peace. There's going to be ease. This crown is given to this one on the, the white horse. He's coming out. Uh, with the ability to to conquer, and he is coming out conquering. And so this is peace that will mark the beginning of the tribulation period under the reign of the Antichrist. Um, he is going to mark the, the initial first three and a half years by a season of peace, even peace with Israel. There's going to be a, a false treaty signed bef- between the Antichrist and Israel for the first three and a half years of the tribulation, wherein everything seem, is going to seem to go well. Um, and I, I think when we consider the rapture, I th- this is another reason why I believe that the rapture is 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 a viable doctrine, even though the word is not contained within the pages of scripture. What would bring peace worldwide like someone being able to stand up with clarity and with leadership and lead people out of the chaos that is going to take place during the rapture? I mean, when you think of of the rapture, all of a sudden every believer on the face of the planet gone. Every believing pilot, gone. Planes are falling out of the sky. Every believing driver, gone. Cars are, are crashing all over the place. Every believing surgeon, gone. People are dying on the operating table left and right. I, I, think about all of the different places here wherein we have people in key positions where people's lives depend on this. Every single believer in those roles is going to be gone. There's going to be mass death that takes place with the rapture. And there's going to be chaos and nobody's going to know what to do. Mass yeah. hysteria. I think it's prime for somebody to emerge from that that has conviction and leadership and charisma to bring peace to the world at that point. And I think that it's it's right for the Antichrist to be that that individual. I've heard a theory, and it's just that, so I'm not going to say that I, I would preach this, but I've heard a theory that one of the interesting connections that could be made in the government releasing all this information about aliens and you know all these weird things in the sky is that suppose— the rapture were to happen soon and all these people disappear. It'd be really easy for someone to be like, ah, see, it's the aliens discount the idea or the notion of the rapture and of Christ and all the things that have been preached and proclaimed. And instead let's, let's attribute it to something, you know, counterfeit and artificial or at least counterfeit. We don't know if it's artificial, but it's counterfeit. There's something else that's going on behind the scenes. So I would, I would caution you again, some of the prevailing theories of the, the age, People are always trying to counterfeit the truth and to, yeah. to deceive you from it. So beware of those things. Um, I don't think aliens are going to abduct us. I think it's going to be Christ. <laughs> so that's the first horse is the the white 
horse with the rider on it. This is the Antichrist coming on the scene, bringing peace with him. Second horse then is this red horse and its rider is permitted to take peace from the earth. Who's that going to be? Well, it's still under the reign and the authority of the Antichrist. It should be noted that it's it, these riders are not necessarily individual people, but they're representative of what's taking place and the, the authority of what's taking place. And so here there's going to be war, there's going to be terror, there's going to be bloodshed under the same reign of the Antichrist. He was given a great sword. Uh, this is the sword that is uh, is intended to assassinate. This is the, the sword that is intended to harm. This is not a broad sword like a, a, a warrior might carry. This is a sword that somebody intent on on creating havoc and murdering might carry with him, a cloak and dagger kind of a sword here. And so there's the chaos, there's the bloodshed that's going to take place here. The third seal is then the black horse. Uh, black is often representative of famine, and that's what happens here. When it says a quart of wheat, which is about how much is, is necessary for an individual during a, a, an average day to get enough food for themselves, is going to cost the, the denarius, the, the day's wage there, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. So there's famine there with the third seal. The fourth seal, then there's mass death under here. The, the pale horse comes, and a quarter of the earth's population is wiped out. And then you get the fifth seal where the scene shifts. And it shifts back into the heavenly realm and you've got the uh, the martyrs that are there and they're asking the Lord, when is justice going to come? We've got all these judgments. We're watching all this take place. But Lord, when are you going to act here? And he says, wait until the full number of fellow servants, their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. The, the tribulation martyrs, wait until that number is complete. Then he's saying it will happen. Then the sixth seal is the signs of the day of the Lord, which we've talked about recently. Hosea 10.8 is the, the passage that talks about them uh, calling to the, the rocks in the mountains, fall on us and hide us. And here we see in Revelation 6, that's what's taking place here. A lot of the same signs and things are, are taking place there with this sixth seal. So kind of a scary scene, but I think a scene that's intended to actually comfort us. Yeah. As terrifying as it is, it does show, again, that God is the one who's in control. He's the one who's ruling the course of time. You should take great comfort in the fact that the end has been decreed. There is no contest. Jesus is not struggling. He's not twiddling his thumbs, hoping that things work out in his favor. He's got it all under control. You should trust him and be confident and comforted by what you read. Yeah, there's a, a commentary, by the way, on Revelation that uh, I might commend to you. Here it is. It's called Because the Time is Near, and it's uh, it's John MacArthur, and uh, it's a readable commentary. John, John who? John MacArthur. I haven't heard of that guy. You may, J. Mac, you may know him by that. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, that appellation. Yeah, John MacArthur, Because the Time is Near. It's readable. It's helpful. He does a good job walking through and explaining a lot of these things in a little bit more depth than we have time on the podcast, but still in a way that you're going to be able to track with the narrative of what he's explaining here. So might be a good companion for you as you read through the book of Revelation. All right, y'all. Well, if uh, the aliens don't come from us, we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Or if Jesus doesn't come back. Or if Jesus doesn't come back. That's There's too. that one. All right, peace. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.